welcome everybody and wish you all uh, a blessed and Merry Christmas. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we gather tonight, we pray, Lord, that we would uh, gain a deeper sense of awe at the birth of your Son. And in the process of feeling awe, Lord, that we would be drawn closer to you. Teach us to love you more. Teach us to walk closer to you. Teach us to be more obedient to you based on what we might learn tonight in your word. We pray for you to open our eyes, open our hearts, that we may see the truths revealed in your word tonight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. At the very heart of Christmas, the whole Christmas message, is the idea that we, as fallen man, as sinful people, are able to know God. And not just know about God, but to actually know him. You know, there's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Um, You know, it's like the difference between, uh, you know, Noel and President Obama with me. You know, I don't know President Obama at all. I know about him, but I do know Noel. I had to pick you out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I always have to find a reason to pick her out, right? So we're able to not just know about God but we're able to know him, and that's what Christmas is all about. That's at the very heart of Christmas, to know him, to have intimate fellowship with him, and to love him, and to be loved by him. And we often express this idea in terms of a relationship, having a relationship with God. And I hesitate to use that terminology for one kind of simple reason, and that is uh, because the truth is that everybody on the face of the planet has a relationship with God. For many, however, it's the same relationship that a criminal has to a holy judge. For many, that's how it is. For those who put saving faith in Christ, however, that relationship that we have with God through Christ is so deep and so personal, so intimate, that he calls us his friends. His friends. He even calls us his brothers and sisters. And his word tells us he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. Now I'm actually going to start off our talk tonight by talking about Santa Claus. And all the kids are like, yes, right? Everybody loves Santa Claus. Well, we like the, you probably only know or mostly know the Santa Claus that you see like at the mall and on TV and on all the Christmas specials and everything. But his name was St. Nicholas. Most of you know that. St. Nicholas of Myra, um, which is modern day Turkey. He was born in the late third century in a time when there was a lot of confusion about exactly who it was that was born in a manger on that Christmas morning, that first Christmas morning. St. Nicholas was born into a very wealthy, very prominent family, but as a young teenager, both of his parents died. And from that point on, he would be raised by his uncle, who was a Christian, and in fact, he was a bishop. And St. Nicholas came to know and to love the Lord, and he felt a calling on his life to serve the Lord as a bishop. And in year 325 AD, he was one of 
the handful of bishops who were called to the first council of Nicaea. That is, they called Christian leaders from around the area to come in and have a discussion about something very, very important. The issue at stake for the first council of Nicaea was the very identity of Jesus. Who was this that was born in a manger on that first Christmas? There was a widely known, widely loved, and widely acclaimed teacher named Arius who was teaching that Jesus was not God, but that Jesus was, maybe he was a God, but he was a lesser being. He was not God, though, according to Arius. And, of course, we now immediately recognize that view as heretical, thanks to this first council at Nicaea. But that's something that they were still working out in the early 4th century. And that was why they called this council. And one of the things that St. Nicholas became famous for doing, was becoming so angry during discussions, so angry at what Arius was teaching, that he actually at one point went over and punched Arius in the face. True story. Merry Christmas, Arius, right? I'm not encouraging you to follow suit, by the way. Uh, So why why would he become so angry? Why would St. Nicholas become so angry? It's because something extremely extremely important was at stake, not just correctly identifying Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That's important. That's very important. But perhaps more important than that, fellowship with God was at stake. Fellowship with God was at stake. The First Council of Nicaea agreed that without the correct understanding of Jesus Christ as fully God and fully man, one could not have fellowship with God. One could know about God, but they couldn't actually know God. And because they couldn't know God, they couldn't worship God. And they certainly couldn't and wouldn't celebrate him in any true or meaningful sense. So the text that I want to draw your attention to tonight comes from John chapter 17. Most of this chapter is a prayer. And in this text, Jesus is praying right before he gets crucified. Right before he gets arrested, taken away, and and put on a cross. And you know what he's praying about? He's not praying for God to make this all easier for him or for God to give him the strength to do all this. You know, it would have been good for him to pray those things. But no, he was praying for his people. He was praying for his people. He was praying for all of his disciples except for Judas Iscariot. And he was praying for those who in the future would place saving faith in him after hearing the testimony of the disciples. And at one point in his prayer, he says this. In verses 25 and 26, he says, O righteous Father, Even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Even though the world does not know God, Jesus says to the Father, I know you. Jesus knows the Father. He's the Son. He knows the Father. And one of the things that Scripture makes clear is that if we don't know the Son, we don't know the Father either. 
And if we don't honor the Son, we can't honor the Father. So nobody can claim to know God if they don't know Jesus. And that's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through me. The central purpose of Christmas is knowing God. That is ultimately what Christmas is all about. Through his son, Jesus Christ, he established a kingdom that would never be broken. And this is a kingdom in which we not only know about the king, but we actually know the king. We don't just know about him, we we know him, we walk with him. And he walks with us, and he knows us, and he knows us so deeply and so intimately that he would call us friends. And he takes such joy in those who know him that the scriptures tell us that he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, children of God. Look at what Jesus says here. He says, I made known to them. Who's them? Who's he talking about? Them is, them are them would be, the people the Father had given to Christ who would place saving faith in him. He says, I made known to them your name and I will continue to make it known. What does that mean? What does it mean to make his name known? It means to reveal God. It means to reveal him. A person's name in this sense is more than just a name. It's everything about them. And Jesus is saying to these whom you have given me, he's talking about the disciples, these, I have revealed you. I have shown them who you are. That's basically what he's saying. And he says, I'll continue to make your name known. I will continue to reveal you. To this day, he reveals the Father to those who, by the grace of God, place saving faith in him, in Christ. And why does he do this? What's the benefit of knowing God through Christ? Look at what he says in verse 26. He says, So that the love with which you, the Father, have loved me, Jesus, may be in them. And there it is again. Them, those who place saving faith in Christ and thus know God. To know Jesus is to know God. To believe in Jesus is to know God. To know Jesus is to be loved by God. In fact, it is to be loved by God with the same love that the Father has for the Son. That is mind-blowing. Think about that. He loves us with the same love that he has for his Son. That is incredible if you think about it. And this is what Christmas is ultimately all about. God sent his only son into the world in order that the one who believes in him may never perish but will have eternal life. What does it mean to have eternal life? Jesus actually defines eternal life for us earlier in chapter 17, earlier in this prayer. He said this back in verse 3. John chapter 17, verse 3, he says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is what Christmas is really all about. Christmas is about the gospel message. 
Christmas is about God sending his only son into the world in order that by believing in Jesus Christ we may know him. It's about celebrating the fact that through this child who was born in a manger on that first Christmas, we can have fellowship, intimate fellowship with God. We can worship God. If we don't know Jesus, whatever we might be celebrating in this season is only temporary if we don't know Jesus. But if we know Jesus, we are celebrating the coming of God in flesh. Something that's permanent. Something that is immutable. Something that is eternal. As one person said, quote, A thousand times in history a baby has become a king, but only once in history did a king become a baby. So this year for Christmas, I I beg you, I, I implore you, Come and know Jesus. Be reconciled to God through him. Repent and believe in him. Trust in him. Come that he may make God known to you, that you may know God through him. Come and be known and loved by God with the same love that he has for his own son, the only mediator between God and fallen man. Come and celebrate the true meaning of Christmas. Emmanuel, God, is with us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the amazing gift of your Son, for the incredible gift of knowing and being known by you, And for the amazing, mind-blowing fact that you love your children with the same love that you have for your son. So we pray, Lord, that you would draw us closer to you, that we may experience this deep knowledge of you, this deep fellowship with you. And teach us to be a people who live for your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.